How many times have you wished your kid came with a manual? When we are unsure as parents, there are so many conflicting opinions that it's overwhelming to know which way is best. Even when we're intentional, situations change, which require us to be flexible and remodel our styles to meet the needs of our families. I created this podcast to share principles and strategies that I have used in counseling and education to help parents prioritize authenticity, connection, and purpose with their kids. Welcome to Remodel Parenting. Welcome back. We are wrapping up this two-part episode series in The Process is Progress. And we're picking up where we left off from the last episode in looking at the problem with kid outcome-based parenting and how we gauge our success based on our kids' outcomes and how quickly they change and how that creates a problem because it robs our kids of their own story and their work and it also backfires on us the older that they get. When we are gauging how well we're doing as parents based on how we are you know, measuring our kids' successes and their compliance even with what we are wanting them to do, especially in places where they're struggling, it can exhaust our system and exhaust the energy that we have to continue working with them and honestly exhaust their energy to keep trying. And so as we reframe the mentality and look at the process of interacting with kids during hard lessons and difficulty, no matter if they're two and three, or if they are 12 and 13, or even 21, 22, and 23, um, as they're still relying on us to help guide them and, and help them through life. If we are not able to shift into a mindset that our responsibility is our process with them, and to solely gauge our, um, our mindset on ourselves and our self-worth and value as parents in how we're engaging in these things, then it really does create a system where it starts to backfire. And as they get older, um, they start to push back on that or we see issues within that and they begin to struggle in different ways outside of just the problems that we're trying to help them with. Um, If we hold, if we really hold tight to mindsets that hey, you know, I'm going to get this parenting thing right and you're because you're going to do the right thing. It puts kids in a place where they start to get a really black and white idea. Younger kids are really black and white and concrete anyway. And what I would find sometimes is, especially with my daughter, she had this idea that when you got older, making good choices and good decisions was just easier. And I can remember talking it through with her one day and being so confused as to why she just thought it got easier all of a sudden. And she said, well, you don't ever make any bad choices. You make all the right decisions, and that's because you're a grown-up. And I realized I was not spending enough time helping her see some of the consequences to my own actions that I was not happy about because, you know, I don't know. I don't like to tell my kids where I'm wrong, and I don't like to, I don't like to tell anybody where I'm wrong. It doesn't, that doesn't feel good. And I realized she wasn't really seeing any of that. And so genuinely in her mindset, it was, hey, you grow up and things are easier and you do the right things. And while you're a kid, you mess everything up. And that's just kind of how it is. Um, And I I realized that and thought, gosh, I have really got to start pulling in a different narrative as we're talking about her struggle and life and begin to maybe even disclose some of my experiences in between when she's not the one who's in trouble, when the spotlight's not on her. We have to be development-minded about our kids, but we also have to be development-minded about ourselves. And we forget that we're supposed to keep growing, too. 
somehow as in parenting, our mindset gets so focused on helping our kids grow that we forget that at every stage that they're changing, we are also changing because we're in a system together. That's a lot of stress and push on us as parents. And when we ignore that process and how hard it can be for us, especially if we're shutting down that emotional part of us, because guys, it is tough. And it's tough for best intentions to not work and for things that used to work to not work anymore and to, quite frankly, not know what to do at times. Things don't feel good. And we can find ourselves in places where we're shutting down to and where we're pushing back and kind of paralleling the same thing that our kids are going through and not being willing to change and move in the process of how we are disciplining and growing our kids. And when I say disciplining, I don't just mean action and punishment. And while that's the the basic model of if you do something wrong, this is what, you know, is going to happen as a result of it. Kids have to have consequences for their actions. They have to. But the point of consequences and discipline is to guide kids into living and doing things differently. The whole point is long-term change. It's not just in the moment compliance to need someone else to tell you what to do all the time. It's being able to gauge that yourself and be independent in that. If our whole model and mode is you do something wrong, you get the punishment, and there's no real connection to long-term change for them, well, we might get compliance. I mean, we do get a lot of compliance, especially if you're a harder, you know, harder with punishments, but you don't get that long lasting shift and change that we really hope to see in our kids so that they're autonomous, fully functioning adults. That's the part that's really hard because every kid is different. Um, one of my kids would rather talk things through over and over and maybe even require more explanation because they would prefer that over having to go sit and think by themselves. The other kid would rather just say, yeah, sure, I get it, I get it, I get it, so that they don't have to talk about it anymore. Those two kids need different things. They need different responses in the moment. Some people flood a little bit and their minds get all full and um, and crazy when they're in trouble or when they've done something wrong. Um, some people push back and get really defensive. Our kids are the same way. And depending on how they do that, we have to be able to find that rhythm and be with them in that space to help guide them into an acknowledgement of wrongdoing and purposeful living to make things right. There are some things that get in the way of our process-based parenting. One of the first ones that I see oftentimes get in the way are good intentions. Um, This is one that was really big for me. I say was, it really is. It's something that I'm even working through now as my kids are moving into preteen and teen years. I really don't want my kids to face consequences. I'm the type of person who I believed, you know, people when they said, you don't have to learn things the hard way. If you just watch other people and then you don't make the same mistakes, you don't have to deal with the consequences that they have to deal with. And that sits really well with me and my personality. I don't like negative consequences. And so because of that, I don't like that for my kids either. I want them to win. I want them to, um, to see the outcomes that they want to see. I want to set them up for success. But with that, When they were younger, there was a lot of really good things that I did in terms of setting them up and controlling their environment so that they could hit the marks and achieve what they wanted. As they're getting older, that's not working so well anymore. I don't know if you guys know it or not. If you've got kids that are older than mine, you're probably laughing at me. But people and kids and teenagers really hate to feel controlled. And 
even in the best efforts and good intentions, those activities can send the wrong message and make them feel smothered, make them feel like you, you know, like I just know it all and that I am and trying to force something on them. And then the whole process is lost and the outcomes are no longer even the focus. It's more mining to control things. And so being able to even identify like this is what I really, really want for my kids, but I can't want it things for them more than they want. I can't want rewards for my kids more than they want those rewards. See, I know this very well because I I teach college and I teach graduate students and I always tell them that. I will pace with you in this class. If you're struggling, if you have questions, I will be right here to answer all of them. I will not work harder than you do for your grade in this class. I'm not going to make sure that you get the A if you're not working for the A. I get that in theory. And it works really well when it's not my children and, um, and I'm not associating their outcomes with mine, right? The second thing that can get in the way is pride and stubbornness. If we have a tendency to see ourselves as the all-knowing parents and look at ourselves in a way that we can't be seeing it wrong, because we're adults or that we, our initial idea of how things are going is the correct way because of our point of view, then it can cause issues in being able to connect in that process and give us the roadmap to be able to count that process as progress. And it can cause issues between us and our kids. The truth is, is we do see things different from kids, right? We can see the whole picture in ways that they can't. But when our attitude and our mindset is one of pridefulness in that, we don't have the space to stop and question, even if we arrive at the same conclusion that we are seeing it in a different way and maybe a more enlightened way than our kids. If that's not a gentle process, it really creates issues. And when we're stubborn and push back on having to change, a lot of times our kids are too, right? And then you've got a bunch of stubborn people trying to work through a problem in a way that's not going to happen. And it just creates issues in that space. The third thing that can get in the way is if we really do not want to or we struggle with looking weak or wrong. And if that's how we categorize things in us, that I either have got, gotten it right or I haven't. I either have to hold on to these ways that I've been doing because I believe that they're right. And no matter what it looks like, I'm going to push back on changing anything. Because if I if I say that it's not working, then either I am wrong, or I have been wrong all along. And those aren't even always the case. Sometimes things that used to work don't anymore. I don't know about you guys, but even as an adult and as a grown married person, we, I, I always laugh and tell people who are younger and are dating and thinking about getting married to abandon the idea that you're going to find the right kind or the right person, the right type of person who's the right type of way, and that you have to find someone who you can connect with and work with all the way through your life. Because even if you were to be able to find that perfect match, everyone is going to change and they're going to need something different in five to 10 years anyway. And every five to 10 years afterwards, there's going to be changes. We have to get used to that and get close to that. That doesn't make us weak or wrong. It just means that we're always in process and that this is a process that we're working on. The fourth thing that gets in the way is a lack of skill. We are all going to hit places as parents where we don't know what to do. That's because we're not supposed to parent in a vacuum. 
This is not a system where you're supposed to just be able to know everything that your kid needs and everything that you're supposed to do and how to do it right. We have to have good, solid people in our lives who can help bounce things off of us, remind us that everything is not lost, tell us, I've been there. This is what happened. And it was crazy for six months. And then it was fine and be able to counterbalance us. We have to connect to others when we don't know what to do. And we have to be able to admit it. Sometimes we believe that we just are the way that we are and we can't change. Or sometimes even worse, we just don't think we need to change. Even when we see that what we're doing is not right, we may give ourselves the pass like our kids do sometimes and say, this is just the way that I am. And you can do things the way that you want when you're grown. You can, you know, handle things however you want. Things are going to run my way because because I'm the parent and this is how it works. Well, that just creates that system in our family where it's whoever's the biggest and strongest get to do whatever they want. And that's what our kids learn too. Okay, well, then I have to do it your way. But the minute that I am strong enough, big enough, and have a strong enough mind to push back, I can do whatever I want too. That's not really a sustainable model for life in general. The last one that can get in the way are bad paradigms. And what I mean when I say bad paradigms are parenting concepts and ideas that have been passed down to us by culture, family, um, whatever groups that we're a part of, that we may perpetuate without intentionally doing that. We might be pushing ideas and wanting things to happen in certain ways because that's what we were always told was supposed to happen. And that may not even be what we value. I'm going to put a pin in that one and come back to it because we're going to shift into how to fix it. And, and addressing our paradigms is one of those really big, important parts of it. When we realize that the process is, is a struggle, that we've got things going on with our kids and it's really difficult to work with them and we find ourselves starting to feel burned out and stressed out because we're not seeing, seeing what's going on and we can feel more stress in the house, the kids are feeling more stress or even maybe anxious or down and depressed. Maybe we're feeling more anxious or down and depressed. We start to think that nothing can, nothing's going to change. I don't think it ever will change and begin to cycle in those places. It can be helpful to ask and stop and see how might we need to make changes in these processes and in these conversations so that things can be different. The first step in that is to really do a values inventory. So you've got to go back to those paradigms and consider what is guiding your parenting. What do you believe about parents and kids and how they should interact? What do you believe about um, how kids should should speak and discuss about who gets to make decisions um, about about what um, goes on with processes of consequences? And then check and see do your actions match those. A really big example. I have a lot of people who um, talk to me and say, I really wish that my teenagers would talk to me more and tell me about what's going on with them. And, um, and what I find when we dig into what's going on and what the dynamics look like is that while they may be setting up space for the kids to talk to them in other areas, it's not during painful times and difficult times. During pain and difficulty, everything shuts down and there's this paradigm at work that says, you don't get to talk, you don't get to push back, you screwed up, and I am having to fix it now, and I'm going to tell you everything that's going on, and there's no open communication. And sometimes we can unwind this and say that's really maybe a model of, you know, the type of family that you grew up in, or the type of dynamics that you grew up in, where where that was the way that things went, 
but it's not getting you what you want, which is the space where your kid can talk to you in pain, right? And so we have to address those and go, if my actions aren't matching that and they're not fostering an environment for that, then I have to redo my actions. And that's uncomfortable. It is so hard and that's real hard work. So if you need a change, the second step is not to be overwhelmed by the process and to know that there are people, information, and ways to help. One of the biggest things that can get in the way altogether is our fear of needing to change and not knowing what to do or feeling like it might not be possible. Like we might not be able to change this. Um, and really just wanting our kids to change instead and be, be those, be that. But friends and mentors, even counselors can offer you insight, advice, guidance, direction, skills even. And I'll tell you, be choosy about who you ask. You don't just ask anybody to step into your parenting arena. If your paradigms don't match theirs, you're not going to get great, uh, great advice. And you might hear things um, and, and maybe even hear sometimes echo chambers. You might hear the same things that you're already doing and people say, that's fine. You just keep doing that. If you know that that's not right, find someone to give you some different guidance and ideas. Your kids are different from other people's kids too. And you may need different things in your family. This is a huge area and opportunity for counseling, too, because counselors don't just work in completely destroyed situations with people or families. We work to help build proactive skill and proactive um, practice and systems, especially in family systems, to help make things go more right. And so this is a really good place to engage a professional if that's the case. I'm a big proponent of that. When our family has felt um, disheveled and upside down, um, I always am the first person to go to counseling because it works um, and it really works when I'm the one that's going. Um, as a counselor educator, I work around master counselors and just wonderful people. So I have a few of them that I get to talk to and they give me the feedback that I need and help me tweak and adjust and see things differently from how I'm seeing them. The third step is to give yourself some grace as you change. You are a person and not a robot. You are not a machine that functions to just do the right things all the time. You're going to mess it up just like your kids. And I've said this before in other episodes, your kids don't need you to get it all right. They really don't. If you get it all right, all you lay a foundation for them is to see, I mean, it's an unrealistic expectation that somehow you can reach a level of getting it all right, that they'll never feel like they really achieve and that we don't feel like that either. We just kind of put it out there so that other people see it and it looks like that. But we're people and we have to emotionally engage in those situations and go, you know what? I'm working on this. I'm trying to change. Help me out here. This is obviously not working. How can we work? And I really suggest as you give yourself grace to change, engaging your kids even younger kids, but especially as they're getting older in the process of changing. Listen, the goal here is for this to change. What I'm doing is obviously not working. Help me out here and tell me what's going to help make this stick. How can I support you in this and how can I guide you? It's really confusing to them too when you do that because they're just kind of sitting and waiting for the hammer to drop sometimes or the, con the next round of consequences. And when you're asking them, what are the con what do the consequences need to be? The point of the consequences are to teach you not to do this anymore. What do you need to experience or what's going to help, you know, hammer that in at this point? And they just kind of blank stare, but their mind starts to reroute that the whole point of consequences is for the outcome. They may or may not give you good examples um, or good suggestions, but it's always interesting to get them in on that process. 
The fourth is to be honest with your kids about changing in your mentality, even about how hard it is. Like I said, you're not a robot and you're not trying to create perfection, but as you are working in the process, you can model for them the same thing as they're working through their processes and dealing with the um, issues that you want to see changed in them and the outcomes you're trying to see. You can do use the same types of language and the same types of um, conversations to help them see someone working through it too, and it gives them a safe place to bounce off of and model for that. You've got to reframe your own progress as a process too. Uh, sometimes we want to make sure that we are a good parent and we have really specific ideas. Well, if I'm a good parent, then my kids are going to be happy with me all the time, or they're at least going to be loving towards me all the time. Could not be more wrong. Um, they're, they have this whole other thing going on that they're gauging life on. And we have to see our process and our growth as the point and the progress too, that we're building this as we go. We are working on this for real as we go. And that is good. And that is what is needed. It's a parallel process that it strengthens our family when we're modeling what our kids are needing to see and do as well. And it creates that foundation and that area where we can all grow together. And that gives a realistic understanding for that. Hope you've enjoyed this two-part, and I hope you'll tune in. Our next series is going to be on self-talk and understanding how uh, we talk to ourselves impacts our overall life and our overall dispositions. Thank you for listening to Remodel Parenting. If this has been helpful for you, share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss our weekly episodes. You can visit theremodelproject.com to sign up for our email list and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.